0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void way prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme?
2: This
1: is a Record Room production. The record show that seven days out of the week, Houston will always and forever be better than Dallas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight we're celebrating a- another Rockets victory. I know it feels like we've had so many of these in the last couple of weeks. And, Mike, the Rockets won, my guy. Oh, my God, man. What a game. Like, what a what a fun
3: win, man. Like, just from top to bottom, just so many performances to look at tonight and say, Okay, I'm down with that. John Wall was a man tonight. Christian Wood played well. Kelly Olynyk, like, my petition has 12 signatures on it to put his jersey in the Raptors at this point. So that's growing, and that's awesome. Um, and you know what, man? Like, honestly, like, if I had to ask you of one game that the Rockets could win and should win and it would feel great to win, The Mavericks are in the top, what,
1: two or three teams? yeah.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, like, them, Utah, and the Lakers are probably it for me. Uh, What a game, man. I mean, just what a great performance by this team. And I'm happy for Silas. Did it against his old team. And it's not like Luka and Porzingis didn't play. Like, they played.
1: And the Rockets beat
3: Rockets And the Rockets Rockets did beat them them
1: tonight. Rockets get the win here, 102-93. Their 14th win of the season out of 51. So we're still not entirely good. But on this night, April the 7th, 2021, and every day before and every day after, Houston will always be better than Dallas. And (laughs) look, tonight, major props to John Wall, definitely the player of the game tonight. 31 big points for him. I can't remember when the last time John Wall hit over 30 in a game. That might be his Rockets high. Or at least it's been for the first time in a really long time, Mike.
3: Yeah. Um, I thought he may have hit it once or twice earlier this season. But you know what this is, at least in my eyes? This is a testament to Steven Silas. Like, it'd be so easy for these guys to come out at this point. And just dog it. Like just come out, play not at a real high level, but they're not quitting on the season. They're not quitting on Silas. And man, like Kelly Olinick is playing into the role of he might have to be re signed by the Rockets this offseason.
1: Well, the Rockets might make him an offer, but as we've as I've mentioned before you know it's not necessarily in the Rockets sure. hands he might choose to go sign elsewhere and sure. i'm looking at i'm looking at John Wall's game log for this season and he had 36 against Brooklyn and 32 against Cleveland right before the all-star break so yeah. not quite his rockets high but the best game he's had probably i mean if you not points wise necessarily but considering the fact that he was pretty efficient, 12 of 23 from the field. He only had one turnover, seven assists to go with that. Maybe John Wall's best game is a Rocket. Like, it kind of rem- reminds me of those, those games against Sacramento early in the season when it was, like, John Wall's debut with the Rockets. Like, that is, I think, like, the peak John Wall we were expecting when he came to Houston. And I think this is who we got tonight. We got the John Wall that we thought we were trading for. And I'm so happy for him. I know he's had it rough this season. Ups, downs, highs, lows, all the way around for him. But tonight was definitely a high for Mr. John Wall. He also had that nasty dunk in the second half. I was really uh, a, a treat. And you know what? It's nice to see these guys win. Because you know what? Look, the, it def, it definitely doesn't help the tank. And But also, give these guys a win. Like, they definitely deserved to win tonight's game. It's not like they they were kind of, you know, fell ass backwards into a win tonight. Like, they won this game. They played better than the Mavericks from the beginning to the end. And I'll tell you what, John Wall might have been the player of the game, but I'm going to give Steven Silas, like, a 1B tonight because I definitely think he was a big reason as to why Luka, he built the perfect game plan for Luka. He knows how to build Luka. He also knows how to destroy him and look Luca tonight like he played I'm not saying Luca played bad but 23 points nine rebounds five assists we can see more from Luca and 9 and 26 from the field tonight he definitely did not have a good night from the field and I think that should be accredited to a little bit to the Rockets and their in their defense tonight because look only only giving up 93 points to the team that was the number one offense of all time last year I, look. I know Steven Silas was a big part of that, and he's with us now, thankfully. But, you know, 93 – giving up less than 100 points in the NBA is hard to do. And for the Rockets, a team that struggled a mighty lot defensively, very solid night for the Rockets. I really loved the pressure they put on tonight. They – I thought their rotations were right. They switched at the right times. The defensive machinations of this game were superb. It was just – it was mwah, Chef's Kiss. Beautiful. And,
3: and props to KJ Martin for getting uh another pelt on his wall. He had a block on Porzingis tonight. That was nasty city. Seven foot three, Chris yeah. Porzingis. So You know, the the Rockets also Look, man, I Bill Warrell and, and Matt Bullard were talking about it. Kelly O'Linnick, you upgraded I can't believe I'm saying this. But I think you upgraded your wow factor when you traded for Kelly Olinick.
1: Well, no, they did not because they lost an O. Uh, well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Kelly Olinick's name was. I was thinking K, Ke- because we don't really. Like, I call him Kelly. I don't really call him Olinick. Like, I feel like he's Kelly. So I'm like, right. W K W. Like, how does that spell wow? <laughs> yeah. So that was, you know, it's late. Okay. <laughs>
3: You know, the thing is, though, like, he's the epitome of the – if you're going to play a veteran on a team that is clearly headed for youth, he's the perfect kind of guy because he shows up, he plays his tail off, and he's a great example to the young guys, man. Like, the hustle that this dude shows – like, when you put him and Shawn Tate on the court at the same time, it's going to be hard for the other team to win loose balls. And, yes, there are going to be people out there that are going to be upset that the Rockets won this game and altered their their draft stock and all that. This is not the night to do that, though. This is the night to say, you beat you beat a good Mavericks team. Mm-hmm. That is not a bad Mavericks team.
1: you like, got to take your wins when you can get them. And huh? whether they're moral or they're – you know, legit wins, and this was a legit win and a moral win on top of that. Had they lost tonight, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed because I think overall the team played well. Yeah. But I'll say this: I, I, Christian Wood tonight also. That was more like early season Christian Wood tonight. His three point shot was uh was on point. He hit five of his eight three point attempts, which that's you know this is probably the best he's looked since he returned from injury, 22 points and 10 boards for Seawood. And like, that's what makes Christian Wood as dangerous. That's what his ceiling makes him as dangerous as he can be is the fact that he can play big and can hit the three and his three point shot is, you know, he's been struggling with that lately, but tonight it was not. And I think tonight was a vision of what we can see from Christian Wood in the future. I'm really looking forward to that. And Kevin Porter, I think, also played really well defensively tonight. I was surprised at how well defensively he was. I think on offense, struggled a little bit. Six turnovers is definitely not something you want to see. But he has, you know, when you have the ball in your hands, it's like James Harden. James Harden would have these insane games and, in like, nine turnovers. But, like, and so that excuses it a little bit, but he can work on keeping the ball in his hands a little bit better than he has been. But yeah. Overall, you know, big night for the Rockets. I'm sure they're super thrilled. They can build on this. They can truly take this tonight, and they can build on something. And whether it leads to, you know, 21 to consecutive wins or, or not it's in the season, which it's not, but it, they can they can use this as a building block moving forward, and I'm super thrilled about this. So... Before I feel like we're talking in circles, I want to open this up to our live audience here on Locker Room. We are doing tonight's show live on Locker Room, and we split time between having our shows live here on Locker Room and Mike hosts half of our, uh, half of our post-game shows on our Facebook page. So go like us on Facebook if you're on that app as well. And, you know, so tonight... Vinny, Jake, D, Mauricio, if you guys want to come up and and join us, you're more than happy to, uh, if you want to talk in the chat, more than happy to as well. Any questions you guys may have about tonight's win. You know, I'll say this, even for the tank, the guys that are like, no, like, you know, we really need to hold up the tank. And look, Minnesota did lose today. So the Rockets entered today a half game back, I guess we'll call it, a half game back of Minnesota or ahead of Minnesota. Uh, For the worst record in the league. And the top three teams, or the bottom three teams, I should say, all have that 14% odds to get that number one pick. So the Rockets still have maximum odds to get that number one pick. They're still, I believe, uh, about a game and a half, or a game now, a game ahead of Detroit. And then Orlando is the fourth worst team, and they're three games worse than they are. So they have a bit of a cushion. I know, obviously, all of the games, um, you know, add up, but yeah. you, so still, I mean, technically, you know, the Rockets are still at maximum odds to get that number one pick. So don't yeah. panic, guys, if you're on Team Tank.
3: You You said it right, though. The I mean, I know just real quick, but you, you stated this back when, I think it was when Harden was first traded, that you don't want to be in the business of tanking. You don't, Raphael Stone talked about it this morning on Sports Talk 790 with Sean Salisbury that you can't get into that mindset of trying to lose games. Because what happens when they, they lose every game from here on out and they end up with the fifth pick and then everybody just freaks out?
1: When, it's about building culture. And if you right. think about it, right. the culture of the team, it, in my like, if you, if you ask yourself this, if you look at the team a year ago and you look at the team now, which team has the better culture? Oh, I mean now, obviously yeah. obviously there it's a loaded question because I do think there is an argument that last year's team had a better culture. But if you guys remember all of the nonsense that came out of this offseason about how, you know, there was all this tension in the locker room and all of that. And you know the culture was a bad fit and all of that, but now I mean yes the team is losing like like we cannot we cannot just just like unacknowledge the fact that the team they lost you know so much during the regular season twenty consecutive games we're not I'm not you know just discrediting that but the culture right now there's a sense that everyone is trying to become the best version of themselves despite everyone has goals, individual goals, team goals, all of that. And I think that you're starting it, it's a very healthy culture. I know that the losses were piling up and, and that can you know discourage people but eventually like they ended up they won a game like it's not like they never won a game again. They won a game, and also they have won multiple games, and they have also, you know, competed against a really good team in the Suns on Monday. So uh, Jake wants to come up on uh, on the stage here. He pressed his speaker request button, so I'm gonna accept this request. So Jake, welcome to the show. How are you tonight or in the uh, morning? Because you're in you're in the UK, I believe.
4: Yeah, half three in the morning, <laughs> but it's worth it after a Rockets win.
1: Absolutely.
4: Yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna say. Um, you know, I know everyone's been praising, you know, Kelly Lillik and, and, you know, deservedly. And I think that a, a big thing, like, uh, you know, that affects uh, the Houston fans is when he got that fifth foul deep into the fourth quarter. I was worried when he got benched because I thought he's really just both ends of the court. He's so important at the moment. And when he got benched, uh, you know, even bringing Tate on, obviously, you know, Tate defensively is brilliant. But taking Kelly off that deep, you know, a player making that much impact, uh you know, from this when he got traded, I think it's massive for Houston. Uh, just, you know, the, the impact that Kelly has on this team, it's huge.
1: Yeah, Jer- yeah I, I agree, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to
3: say from now on, I'm just going to record a show and I'm going to have Jake uh, translate into his accent everything that I want to say because <laughs> that's probably the greatest <laughs> accent I've heard in forever. Um, there's,
1: yeah, there's a there's something in his voice that is that, that you don't have.
3: Yeah, that I don't I, have. When I'm screaming about Alex Caruso and all these other guys like tearing our team apart, it really doesn't ring. the Could same. you
1: imagine like screaming about Alex Caruso in in a British accent?
3: Oh, it it would have broken the internet. Um, no, I mean I think look, man, I think Kelly o, Kelly has been a guy in this league that has never been spectacular, but from afar has always been a guy that's been effective. Right? Like he does so many different things well. Like he's a good rebounder. He's a good three-point shooter. He's got good size. He's got good energy. Like, but he's not an all-star type guy. And when you fit him in on a team like this, where I said it forever, that the Rockets have missed a guy being next to Christian Wood that helps Christian Wood in his game. I think Kelly O'Linick does that. Kelly O'Linick does the dirty work inside that helps Christian Wood play more of a perimeter game. And you saw that tonight when they were both on the court. You can't underestimate that. Or you can't understate the impact that Kelly Olenek has had on this team since coming over.
4: Uh, I think, like, importantly as well is, like, parts where Houston struggle, especially, like, on the rebounds. I mean, Kelly got a career – I think it was a career high in rebounds tonight. I just think it shows how important, you know, having someone next to Wood with height and, you know, strength that when, you know, you struggle so much in rebounds, bringing someone like Olynyk to help on that, I just think invaluable, really.
1: I think another thing, too, that Olynyk brings that we haven't really discussed a whole lot of is is a freshness. And yep. this also goes for DJ Augustine and R- DJ Wilson, in a sense, where just having new blood and, like, a new perspective of looking at things, as we've seen since the, since the trade deadline, the Rockets have played, what, like, I can't even remember, like six or seven games since the traded line, or no, not I think like and ten. ten, yeah, about ten games. So the, the yeah, it was uh, the Timberwolves games were the first two, and then so yeah, they played eight games now. They're two and six in those games, but those games also include the Timberwolves game, the first one where they probably should have won that one. Mm-hmm. The the Grizzlies game where they played them pretty close. The, Celt- the the Nets game where they were winning for a good portion of that game, the Pelicans game where they had a shot, and then the Suns game where they had a shot. So ever since the trade deadline, the Rockets have played every game competitively, except maybe maybe the Celtics game was probably the one outlier here, but seven of eight games, the Rockets have had a chance to win. And granted, only two of those ended up wins, but hey, you're starting to see like a like the team feels different than before the trade deadline, before all of that. Like during the during the games before the trade deadline, like like against uh, the Warriors, like they had no chance against the Warriors. They looked bad against the Hawks, the Celtics when they were there. You know there were some god awful games in that in that losing streak. Like they weren't just losing games; they were losing games terribly. Yeah. But you're looking now in in the eight games that they've been playing. They, they, they could arguably be seven and one. Like, I don't want to, like, toot my own horn. Maybe, maybe that's an overreaction, but there's – this is a different team. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm well, totally a, okay with it. Think about
3: during the losing streak what everybody was clamoring for that this team was missing. You were missing – when P.J. Tucker was on the court, you were basically playing four on five. So you needed another big on this team for a while. Well, you went out and you got that in Kelly O'Linick. How many times did we say that they needed a backup point guard? You know, like, because when they would go to the second unit, they would just get destroyed because nobody could run the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, you were having what Anthony Lamb run the offense at some points. Like, that's just not fair. So you go out and you get uh, DJ Augustine. You needed a power, f- somebody with size outside of, christian wood well you went out and you got dj wilson you also got draft picks like Raphael stone did about as well at the trade deadline as you could ask for you needed to get rid of ben mclemore well you you're bringing
1: in uh what's his name they had daquan jeffries uh and daquan jeffries who they signed on monday armani he, brooks. he was he didn't play tonight and armani brooks he was a uh he was in covid protocols and Steven Silas said, I think, before the game that he would join the team on the road trip when they go to L.A. on Friday and then Golden State on Saturday. So, honestly, here's another question. This is actually a good segue into our next uh, subject. So, Avery Bradley tonight he played 12 minutes. He mm-hmm. started on Monday, which I think was a big surprise. Um, you know, but the deadline to buy out players, I believe, is this Friday. He's and you, do you think that the Rockets buy out Avery Bradley?
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, I do because I like what I've seen from Avery Bradley. But I honestly think you can really, really. Mike? Well, here's... I didn't think you would. Well, here's the thing. For me, he's he's another guy that his on-ball defense is still fairly solid. Like you still get fairly good run out of him on the defensive end he was coming off of an injury when he first got here so it was going to take him some time to round out into shape i like what i see from him defensively but i don't think it's important enough to keep him on this team for the rest of the year i'd rather see those minutes go to a guy like armani brooks
1: exactly so i'm surprised you think like i was surprised but yeah i mean i
3: like it i don't love what i've seen from him but i i I think they're going to treat him like Ben McLemore where it's like, okay, like if you're, so let me throw this question back at you, right? You got rid of Ben McLemore. I don't think you got rid of Ben McLemore to give Avery Bradley more minutes. Do you?
1: They got rid of Ben McLemore because they wanted to do right by him. Okay. That's what Raphael Stone has done this whole season is he has turned this idea that Houston treats people right. Because I think there was this sense of, you know, there was this sense that Houston didn't do that. I guess like -hmm. there was, and that's also part of the culture change, in my opinion. And look, they they did right by Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, fulfilling his trade request to the Wizards, the team that he wanted to go to. They fulfilled Harden's request by sending him to the team that he probably wanted to go to, number one on his priority list. They fulfilled Victor Oladipo in his request. D.J. Tucker and his request, So that's part of it, is is creating this sense of good business. They did that with DeMarcus Cousins, too. So they – and I think Ben McElmore was just another example of that. So that's my thing, is Avery Bradley – Avery Bradley's 12 minutes tonight. I could have – like, I know it's weird because they don't play the same position, but I would have preferred those 12 minutes to go to D.J. Wilson. And if that meant that the Rockets lost tonight's game instead of won – I'm okay with that because at least we can see 12 minutes of DJ Wilson that can show us a little bit more of what we're doing. But that, to me, choosing to play Avery Bradley, who is on a 10 million dollar contract next season, versus uh, and a team option, versus DJ Wilson, who's a, who's a free agent at the end of the year, like this is they have every reason to play DJ Wilson over Avery Bradley, and they still are not doing that, which makes me think that they're not going to let go of Avery Bradley, that Avery Bradley will play. And as we mentioned on the last show that I was on, they're going to use Avery Bradley and then slowly phase him out of the rotation and give Armani Brooks those minutes or give Anthony Lamb those minutes or give Daquan Jeffries those minutes so they can keep him and utilize his off-court value because he does have that. He's been, you know an NBA legit NBA player for a bet, like a, I think he was in the 2012 draft. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So he's been, he's like, he has that value and there is value in that he was in the 2010 draft. Excuse me. So yeah, a 10 plus years of NBA experience. And you know, he's been on some pretty good teams during his career. So honestly, yeah, I I don't see why. And he also helps with chemistry considering him and Kelly have played together in two previous stops So I think that having Avery Bradley on the team is something they're going to do. I just don't know if his value on court is worth keeping him playing than it is his off-court value. If they keep him, it's because they like him off-court, in my opinion, more than they like Uh, him on-court.
3: But I think the move is coming for the simple fact that you go out and you sign Armani Brooks and you sign Daquan uh, Jeffries.
1: Well, they have to fill out the roster. Yeah, They have to fill out the roster. I do think that they, like, I do think uh, between Armani Brooks and Daquan Jeffries, they will play Armani Brooks first because he has played in the system. And Mm -hmm. he, you know, they they didn't have to, um, like, go get Armani Brooks. They had Justin Patton. They had the two two two-ways. They opted to switch out their second two-way, taking Patton out and putting in Brooks. So I do think that Armani Brooks is going to be more likely to get those minutes. But what I will say is this also, if Avery Bradley doesn't want to get bought out, I don't think the Rockets do it. Like I I truly think if Avery Bradley wants out, it's because he wants to go play for a contender. That would be up to him. Mm -hmm. If he is like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I like what I'm doing here. Then that's what he'll go do. But, to be honest, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I actually – but now that I'm talking it out with you guys, with you, Mike, and you, Jake, I think that it's to- – the ball is totally in Avery Bradley's court here. Because, look, the Rockets have no – like, the Rockets don't lose, like, anything if if they – like, they don't lose too much if Avery Bradley wants out, you know? They, so, lose.
3: they lose nothing if he wants out. The problem is, is his $10 million contract next year? Yeah, hard pass on that one.
1: Yeah, but also, (laughs) if I'm thinking about Avery Bradley here, he went to go sign with the Lakers a year ago in 2019. Then he played – because he wanted to go win a championship. Let's keep it real. They had Anthony Davis. They wanted to – he wanted to go win a ring. And then this year when his contract was up, he's like, oh, well, the Lakers don't want me, so – I'm going to go to the team, you know, that was in the finals last year. I'm going to go to Miami and it didn't work out in Miami. So now he's here. I don't know what, you know, maybe he'll go back to Boston. I I don't, I don't know, but that's totally up to him. I I truly think the ball there, the Rockets will let him decide because the Rockets will find value in keeping him and letting him mentor the young guys or, Value because they'll be able to play Armani Brooks or DeQuan Jeffries or one of their younger guys. It's a That's win-win it. for the Rockets if you think about it. And a lot of things when you're losing a lot are kind of win-win, which is kind of weird to say. But you don't like there isn't so much writing on every decision that you make. If you make a poor decision, like you, you have very low risk when it comes to these moves. Like I think the Oladipo trade was a very low-risk move. I think. You know, signing to Quan Jeffries is a very low-risk move. Armani Brooks, a low-risk move. So they have – they don't have a lot of risk because they're not at a place to be taking those risks. Has Kelly Olenek won an NBA title? No. Okay.
3: I didn't think so. Here's my thing with Avery Bradley, right? I, there's two roads that he goes down. He either says, I want to chase the ring, I want to go – to the Lakers, or go to Brooklyn, or go to the Clippers, or, or wherever. Or he says, "Look, I know the Rockets are rebuilding, but I'm going to get decent minutes here. It looks like, um, you know, if I stay, I make dollars well, next year. You know,
1: same thing well, with Chum no, no. no. I think Avery Bradley knows that they're not going to re up his contract.
3: <laughs> no, but I'm saying he's under contract next year, though.
1: No, it's a team. It's a team option. So the Rockets have the option." To decline it and they probably they almost certainly will because he's making ten million dollars. He right. if he's playing twelve minutes a game and he's in you know, he's thirty gonna be thirty one at the beginning of next season, they're not gonna accept the ten million dollar option. So but,
3: but that's what's fascinating though, right? And not just that. I'm talking there's a lot of things with this Rockets roster net going into this offseason that is so fascinating to me. I mean it's it's twenty it's twenty things long to me. You know, where do you pick in the draft? What do you do with Kelly Olenek? Is Eric Gordon going to be here? What do you do with John Wall? Um, You know, is a guy like Avery Bradley for sure gone? What are you going to do with the young guys at the
1: end of the roster? Yeah. I'm going to throw out a crazy idea. I'm ready. I think the Rockets should trade John Wall to the Clippers. For what?
3: I was going
4: to
1: say for what, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they should trade him to the Clippers and attach a draft pick. Now the reason why look like this is exactly what the Clippers need. The Clippers need a point guard, and they need to get a draft pick so they can get both of these in this deal. Luke Kennard would have to be the obvious uh, first oh. player, in oh. my opinion, because he's making he's making sixteen million per year for the next three seasons after this. <gasps> no, but, that's a
4: bad contract. I'm
1: sorry, it, is, it is a bad contract, contract, but it is a bad contract. But whose contract is worse?
3: Yeah, yeah, Luke John Wolf or John Walls or
1: John Okay, What
3: else is a part of the deal then?
1: I mean, dare I say – I mean, I'm not sure if he's a free agent after the season, but if he's not, dare I say they give us Patrick Beverly back.
3: Oh, God, I would do anything to get Patrick Beverly back. Yeah, yeah. That, see,
1: but that
3: – okay, so in this scenario – okay, so let's play this out real quick. Jake, tell me if – you and I will, will tag team this – the, are the Rockets okay. getting the number one pick?
1: So okay, here's the, Patrick Beverly has fourteen million dollars on his contract for next season, oh, and then he's a free agent. God,
3: a lot of money.
4: I mean, he does. I think he does.
1: But Mike, the, you're paying forty million dollars to John Wall. Yeah. Would either pay forty million dollars to John Wall or you know forty million or like sixteen to Luke Kennard and fourteen to Patrick Beverly, and then you have? You know that extra money to where you can use cap room.
3: Okay, so do the Rockets get the number one pick in this scenario? It, I
1: don't think that matters.
3: It does matter because if you Why? draft him, then you don't need John Wall, and I would I would be more susceptible. Uh, to doing I the was deal. gonna say that. Yeah, I think you don't like, need John
1: Wall even if you don't have the number one pick, though. Uh,
3: I think tonight you saw a glimpse of what him and Porter Jr. can be together, and I don't hate it. I get it. It's one of the worst contracts in basketball, but you only have it for two more years. What I'm saying is if you get Cade Cunningham, all of a sudden, John Wall is out the door. If you don't get Cade Cunningham and you, you're looking at a guy like Jalen Suggs, or I think if you don't get Cade Cunningham, they should take Evan Mobley. But that's the camp I'm in. And if you have that, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to need more than Luke Kennard and Patrick Beverly to, to give up John Well, Wall. you're not
1: trading him. You're not trading him to get assets, right? You're trading him so that he can, you know, get more. Like, you're trading him so you can get rid of that contract, right? That's why you make the trade. You don't make the trade to acquire, you know. You don't make the trade to acquire Patrick Beverly and Luke Kennard. Like, that's not why you make this trade.
3: So, you have, how much would they have wrapped up in Kawhi, George, and Wall? Good Lord.
1: So in order to do this – trade, well, first of all, Kawhi Kawhi can opt out. So Kawhi can manipulate his contract to be whatever it wants. But if they're going to do this – so these are the three people that would have to go for the Clippers. Beverly, Luke Kennard, and Rajon Rondo. Those two would have to go. And then you'd still need to get rid of more salary, like maybe Zubats. If you add Zubats in the deal – then you're at, like, see yeah. you know, It's going to it's gonna take it, – you're going to have to get real creative with it. You might have to incorporate a third team into the deal. Yeah. But this is, like – it works for the Clippers because they can, you know – it works for the Clippers because they can get a draft pick. They can get an upgraded point guard. And, you know, John Wall is a pretty solid defender. So it kind of – he kind of – I think he fits what they're trying to do. I don't know how well on offense he'd fit with, like, having Paul George and, you know, cause he's never really been a third option in his career. He's always been number one or at worst a number two. So I'm curious to see how that would work if that were to happen. But look, you gotta, you gotta realize $41 million is a lot of money. Like, like, and, and if they can get some of that out and not only is it that, but it truly gives the keys to Kevin Porter jr and that's where the keys need to be because look John Wall yeah, tonight agree. John Wall tonight for every game that he does this don't expect what we saw tonight to continue with John Wall like as much as i i love John Wall i love the guy i think he's great i think he's fantastic i think he's a pretty solid player too but he's not what the rockets need right now and he it, and i think tonight he did pretty well but it's going to there needs to be a passing of the torch like they truly need to give it to Kevin Porter and, Christian Wood. and it's not like the Rockets can't succeed without John Wall. We've seen it, you know, on other nights. And I think that if you give Kevin Porter more minutes at the point guard, he's only going to get better. And John Wall takes away from that, in a way. I don't think that Kevin Porter needs to play next to a guy like that. And on top of that, if they do have Cade Cunningham next year, or a point guard, you know, that they sign in free agency or whomever, or they draft, then... That eliminates the need for John Wall. If you're going to bring in at least two, possibly three, of, you know, like rookie contracts, you need to be able to give them adequate minutes. And I'm afraid if John Wall is there, you have to play John Wall like 30-ish minutes a night. And that's minutes that could be going to other players that are more for the rebuild and the bigger picture. So would you not draft Cade Cunningham then? That's gonna, that's... Who, who's saying I wouldn't draft Cade Cunningham? No, no, no. Hold on, I'm asking.
3: if you draft Cade Cunningham, that will stunt the growth of Kevin Porter Jr. Well, that's... <laughs> Mike. I'm just saying. That's
1: not the point, though.
3: It's the point, though, because if you look at it...
1: Look, Cade Cunningham has a you, higher ceiling, though.
3: But you just said you have to hand the keys to Kevin Porter Jr., and if... and. That's I'm assuming
1: happy. we don't get Cade Cunningham. If Cade Cunningham comes here next year, he is the face of the franchise. He is your point guard of the future. You you build around Cade.
3: Is Kevin but Porter Jr. Now, good enough to be a
1: shooting guard? Kevin Porter eyes? Jr. is, like, in my opinion, Kevin Porter is, I think, here's, here's how I feel about the whole thing. Kevin, Kevin Porter is a good, like, I think he can be a number one option. I think, but I don't know, like, look, If the Rockets get Cade, the rebuild will take less time. If they get Jalen Suggs, I think he fits. Like, I would be totally okay if the Rockets drafted Suggs. They were picking two or three. They draft Suggs, and Kevin Porter and Suggs are there. I'm totally good with that. Are you good with that? Moving forward, do you think that that is a winning combination, Uh, Kevin Porter and Jalen Suggs?
3: I think of the three guys, Jalen Suggs, is my third favorite. Okay, I, I so think I would rather have if they don't get Cade. I would rather have Mobley. So you take Mobley at second, yeah. I think yeah. Mobley is a guy. To me, he's Clint Capella with a higher ceiling. Like he's farther along at this point in his career than than Capella was coming into the league. And if you put Evan Mobley as your anchor. 'Cause all that dude does is block shots, rebound, and finish at the rim. That's all you need him to do. Christian Wood all of a sudden becomes a better version of what he is now, and you give Kevin Porter the reins to the franchise or the reins to the backcourt, I should say. If right. you bring in Suggs or you bring in Cunningham, uh, I mean, you're gonna stunt the growth of Porter. I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. is a good enough shooter yet. To be the starting shooting guard that we think he can be, come. But I'd love to see it. I would love to to get, Cade here and figure it out from there, and then you would be trading John Wall.
1: All right, I'm going to bring in Jonathan here. He's been very patient with me. So, Jonathan, welcome to the Dream Take. Uh, feel free to add your Hello. two cents into the conversation.
2: What's up? What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing fantastic. Something. Hey, just to I guess add into the conversation about, you know, KBJ, potentially, you know, if he's a point guard, shooting guard, combo guard. You know, I I think if we take Cade, which is a no brainer, if we get the number one pick, guys like Cade are so versatile that like he's kinda like a better version of SGA where he can really play on or off ball. Yeah,
1: I like that SGA comp. Like
2: um that and you know with Suggs you know Suggs yeah it, it would be a bit redundant but i you know i think he's also versatile enough that it could work i mean i think we the best thing we could just do even though it's out of our control is just keep our pick cuz any of these players that would fit in great in my opinion. Yeah.
1: And and here's here's what i'm seeing. So if they do get Cade and here's cuz i think Mike misinterpreted what i was saying when about Kevin Porter. I think Kevin Porter has the ability to be a number one like a like a true point and he can run the offense like I, I I believe that he will get to a point where we will totally trust him with that but if you get Cade that will also be you know pretty solid and I can see them running like kind of I don't want to say Damon CJ because I don't think they're good enough shooters for that yet at least Kevin Porter isn't but more like – I guess like Kyrie and James Harden in a way, like where I they like each can run the point and they can play off ball if they need to. Like James Harden, when he was with Russ – like James Harden obviously is better with the ball in his hands than it is out of his hands, right? So yeah. they are able to – when when the Rockets were able with James Harden, like it wasn't like Chris Paul was totally ineffective or Russell Westwood was totally ineffective. When James Harden has the ball in his hands. And that is, I think, what they would see with Cade and KPJ if that's the direction that they end up going in, or Suggs and KPJ if that's the direction they end up going with, or something else. So to me, that's where I'm at with that. And look, who, but the question is who has the higher ceiling between Cade and, and, and Kevin Porter? I gotta go with Cade right now. But yeah, for sure. That's not, to yeah. Say that, that's not to say that Kevin Porter doesn't have a high ceiling, and it's not that if Cade comes in, that's going to stunt. That's not necessarily going to stunt Kevin Porter's growth. I I don't think. Look, like, I do agree that Kevin Porter is a better player with the ball in his hands, and I see where Mike's coming from with that. But like, if you have the number one pick, you got to take Cade. Like, there's absolutely no questions about it. You got it. And honestly, whether you get one, two, three, or four, you have to take the best player available. And if they feel that Evan Mobley is the best player available when they get to two or to three, I think you have to take him as well because I think those are kind of players that you can maneuver so that you can bring them in. They are they are a piece that you can build around. They are a guy that you can tweak your system for. Even with Evan Mobley, I think Evan Mobley is probably the hardest person out of those three to tweak the current system at. But at this point, like the current system. Although it's, it's shown signs that it has potential like it did tonight, there's no guarantee that it's going to last. There's no, no guarantee that this is the perfect formula for mm. the Rockets moving forward. I've said multiple times on here that I do think that what the Rockets are doing, I do think that Christian Wood and Kevin Porter have the potential to be those guys when the team is good again. But that's not to say that they won't. So it might be other guys that they get in the draft, it might be you know guys that they trade for, it might be... You know, sometime fifteen years from now, hopefully not. I doubt it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be much sooner than that. Hopefully, within these three years, where Christian Wood is at his contract, and that where Jay Sean Tate is at his contract, and I ultimately think the Rockets, you know, they just need to get talent. That that's what we need, and and if you can you can mold the talent any way that you want. So
3: one one quick thing on that. First of all, if Cade Cunningham, I like SGA. But Kate Cunningham better be a better NBA player than than SGA. Let me start there. The second thing is when you look at a guy like Jalen Suggs, you have to think about how it's going to affect, for me, Jay Sean Tate and, and K.J. Martin Jr. Because those are guys that you need to get minutes for to help bring along their game. And Jalen Suggs on this team inhibits both of those guys getting minutes. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. I don't
1: see that at all. Because – I don't Suggs see that a combo guard like like Jayshante is not like they don't play the same position. But KJ Martin's like a solid four. Like Jalen Suggs is a solid two guard.
3: K- KJ Martin is not a four. KJ Martin is a three. He's not a
1: four. There we go with the whole position I'm, thing again. I'm, like, I'm just saying. I'm just
2: saying.
1: <laughs> bringing Suggs, it's bringing KJ Martin's a forward. Okay, can we agree on that?
2: Yes. Jalen
1: Suggs is a guard. So I don't see how that and and look they play positionless anyway. So I don't even. I shouldn't have even brought that up. But look, but Evan Mobley, to me, gives you something that you do not have right now. Jalen
3: Suggs, I think you could have a version of him already in, in Kevin Porter Jr.
2: Question, I uh, just suppose questioning. Because I'm kind of with the mindset, you know, similar to Jeremy, Journey, uh, Journey, but I see what you mean, Mike. Um, I definitely think the Rockets should take best player available. I think teams get in trouble when they start trying to go with fit, when you have a Indiscreet talent, look at the king sinking Bagley over Lucas, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like But so, if you were at three and Kate is off the board, Mobley's off the board, would you take Green or Suggs? Because I think Green has more potential, but I think Suggs is so versatile.
1: I think I, Suggs, I think I would take Suggs, but at this point, and maybe that's part of it being recency biased, considering he had a really good tournament. And, but, and I've seen more of his game than Jalen Green. I did catch some of Jalen Green in the bubble, but I, I can tell you I'm much more familiar with Suggs' game. So I'll say that I would be happy with Suggs. I'm sure I'd be happy with Green too, but I think at this point the way that it's shaking out is it's very clear that Kate is in a tier of his own. He's going number one. And then Mobley and Suggs are also in their own tier. And that, look, before the tournament and before, you know, I think – Honestly, before Saturday night, like, Mobley was a solid in his own tier at number two. And Suggs was in his own tier at number three. But I think because Suggs played as well as he did in the tournament, he's kind of stepped into a tier with Evan Mobley. And it's really going to come down to the team that at two and whether they take Suggs or Mobley. But, look, if the Rockets – at this point, the player that I think is most likely – Out of those three to come to the Rockets if they keep their pick is Jalen Suggs because the chance they have a better chance at landing two or three, and the the idea that Suggs could be that pick is more likely than than it is for the Rockets to be number one and they get Cade number four and they get Green or Kaminga or them not getting the pick at all. So you know at this point we we can play these games of you know you know devil's advocate and we can you know do all of that. You know, and we're going to be doing a lot of that, honestly, until until the draft lottery. And then even after that, you know, we're going to probably do our own little things of, you know, oh, should they, like if they were number two, should they take Mobley? Should they take Suggs? And we're going to play this game for a few months. So uh, be in for the long haul, guys. It's going to be it's going to be a fun couple of months for the Rockets, even though we might not be having playoff basketball, but we're going to keep it fun here at the Dream Take. Right. So uh, Jonathan, Jake, I'm going to wrap things up now, but thank you to, for coming on to the show today, Jake, you are as loyal as they come. Coming in from the UK, <laughs> I still can't believe you're on call with us. You must not have any any class or anything in the morning, do you?
4: No, no, I'm I'm back to work at the end of the month, so I'm I'm here till you know till then. But All yeah, right. four in the morning. But you know,
1: I'm always here. So so go go get some sleep, and you can yeah. rest your head on the pillow, knowing that the Rockets. Got a good win tonight. So thank exactly, you, again exactly. for coming on the Dream Take. And thank you, Jonathan, for chiming into the conversation. Thank you, Mike, for coming up. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. We are all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Go check out TheDreamShake.com for all things Rockets. Our site manager, Darren Uvin, has tonight's recap up. So be sure to check that out as well. You can go like us on Facebook. We're over there as well. Mike will have Friday's game recap against. Who are we playing on Friday? The Clippers. It's a late. It's a late start. We had a nine PM Central start. Uh, Mike, one key for Friday's game. Man, bring the same
3: energy that we saw tonight, man. Absolutely. Defensive energy was spectacular tonight. Uh, continued the the growth of the relationship between Kelly Olynyk and Christian Wood. Um, and honestly, my player to watch on uh on what is it Friday? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Sterling Brown. I think Sterling Brown. If if he can. Continue his hot shooting from the three-point line. Uh, I
1: I like the Rockets keeping it close with the Clippers, maybe pulling out another win on Friday. How many threes did Armani Brooks at on Friday?
3: Oh, it's at least 12.
1: 12? I got 13.
4: Jerry, you say it was a late game. Do you say it was a late game?
1: Yeah, it's it's extremely late for you, Jake. It might as well be in the morning.
4: Wait, let me check. Oh, it's at three
1: in the morning. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, either you're in for a really long night, Jake, on Friday, or you're just,
4: you know i'll you be there catch, michael don't
1: worry you, you, i'll be there. He, yeah, there you can you can catch uh michael on on uh the dream take afterwards. yeah you can get the no i'll be that live the, i'll be that live
3: I'm, I'm loyal i'm loyal beautiful <laughs> I'll all right be
1: well again thank you guys so much you can follow my co-pilot on twitter Mr. michael brown at
3: bsw podcast underscore m
1: b and you can follow me on twitter at jeremy brenner just uh just my name nothing fancy j-e-r-e-m-y-b-r-e-n-e-r thank you so much again for tuning into this episode of The Dream Taken. Until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.